Welcome back, everybody. This is Strangers Rolling Dice. My name is Ben Viner. With me tonight, as per usual, we have our full group. Let's just go around the horn here and everybody introduce yourselves and which character you're playing. Just to remind everybody, in case this is their first episode and they're tuning in, who is everybody? Who's talking? Let's start with uh, with Michael. Hey, that's me. That's my name. I'm Michael. Uh, Michael Giacomelli. What up? I am playing Spark? Question mark? (laughs) The (laughs) robot that the party named. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, let's just keep going. Che! Uh, hello, everybody. I am Che. Also go by Cheyenne. Vasquez. And I play Bartholomew's Fudd. <laughs> Thank you for you're... joining us tonight here, Che. Even though you're sick, we appreciate hey, it. It's alright. You get sick, you keep going, you get sick again. It's basically <laughs> life, right? And then you die someday. Is that what you're, yeah. you're going for? or? <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. my. It's on my bucket list. Dying. Ow! Well, I hope you do that before you die. Um, what were you gonna say? <laughs> I cut you off. Oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say uh, if people are actually starting on this episode, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like <laughs> maybe like go back. Seems like, like a mistake. That's seems it, like yeah. a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I will maybe someday go back to the beginning and be like, hey, if you're just starting now, start at episode 24. But at, the, at this point, there's not a point that makes yeah. sense. It's also only like 50 something in. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be, I think, a time where you could pick up and the past will be prologue. But um, prologues are important. Anyway, let's keep it moving here. Zach. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, good morning. My name is Zachary Moresmith, and I am playing Crow, who is a human who uh, she makes bad decisions. That's about it. <laughs> That's her calling card. Her um, okay. And then uh, I guess, Jesse, you're the last, uh, but not least. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'm Jesse Sharoma, and I am playing uh, Karzalek Grotze, your good hearty dwarf, uh, guardsman who's climbing the corporate ladder at Schloss Gletcher and is now the prefect. Uh, Very nice. His nice. free time, he likes trying to protect the wind <laughs> and save off the insanity of a lingering curse inflicted upon wow. him by Plep Popsul. Wow, nice. What a good <laughs> dating profile right there. Exactly. Um, Everyone back in Schloss Glesher on their stone of far speech sees Karzalek gets to the surface and has time to update when he has service again. Uh, what's his height again? Of... <laughs> what's his uh, height? You gotta have, post that. I think he's like, I think he's 4'10". He's, he's... Yeah. Ooh, so definitely 4'11". Oh, <laughs> Alright, so... Um... Awesome. Well, welcome, everybody, as per usual. Um, If you have enjoyed any Strangers Rolling Dice in the past and you feel so inclined, go ahead and give us a rating or a review on iTunes. Other podcast platforms are great to give those reviews on, but for some reason, probably capitalism and monopolies, iTunes is the one that matters. So go ahead and Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, it's iTunes. So, uh, yeah, give us a review if you can. We got one recently that said, I think, something like, good show. And I was like, hey, thanks. That's that's good feedback. I appreciate that. Little little, little things, they help. Um, so, <laughs> with that taken care of, 
Let's do what everybody uh, came here to do. Let's play some Dungeons and Dragons. Now, I usually have a fancy recap, or sometimes I don't, I guess, but I try often to have a fancy recap where I read the story so far with trimming out the details that you don't need to know, maybe refreshing you of something that you do. There's a lot of information on the table uh, leading up to this session here. So kind of actually weirdly appropriate, uh, even though this was in my notes before, what Che was saying, like, maybe if you're starting here, go back. Maybe if you've come all the way to here and you think you understand everything, go back and listen to five minutes of an older episode and think about some of the threads of the story that might lead you here. Um, say what you will about this kind of storytelling. I really enjoy it where I don't, as the game master, spoon feed the storyline and the big bad evil guy or whatever that is, you know, in this game to the players and make their decisions for them. We're in this world, right? And you guys have come this far with your own motivations. But it's brought you to where at least one person kind of prophesied that this would happen. That you would find your family and find your friends. If you're captive that you released on good faith that she would lead you to where the other captives were, Olma Copperbloom, if she was to be believed, this would be where the captives are. The ones from the boats with the lighthouse. The ones from the incidents at the mansion. The ones potentially from farther afield. You also have another way of confirming, which is Apsu told you to look for the shepherd's crook in the stars, did he not? True. It is not night yet, but as your long rest concludes, it will be night in not that long. I'm going to set the scene here a little bit, and then I want you guys to take the reins. You're maybe a couple hundred feet up away from the shoreline of the river, which is flowing strongly, much more strongly than an hour ago. You can see a log go drifting by at a reasonable speed and think that was not happening before. You look up the hill towards this great tree. You think maybe a less than a mile hike you could get up to the top of this ridge line. It's kind of hard to see, except for that one giant tree looming in the mist. The fogs have mostly cleared, leaving only wispy trails of condensation in the air. One thing jumps out to you, though. Back across the river, on top of houses, at a place that looks like it could be a bustling marketplace, watchtowers and treetops. You are being watched. Hundreds of bullywug heads. And if you look closely, 
other kinds of amphibifolk stare at you from across the river. Some of them go about their business. Some of them converse with each other. But they're just watching. What do you do? We just like woke up from our long rest, I assume, more or less. Yeah, you're you know, you guys took watches, I imagine, and you know coming to ate food. Mark off a ration, everybody. Oh no. Thank you. Not for me. <laughs> right? Yeah, whatever. Spark <laughs> Spark stayed up and and held watch, did the sentries rest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but did take a portion of the long rest to work on the schematic scroll and continue to add to mm. the Bulabador map. I've ex- I expand like the uh, map of the old museum and temple that mm. we were just in, and I like okay, cool. continue to map Bulabador. And I'm like, they wake up and they probably see me just like working on that. I imagine it's kind of like that scene in iRobot also, where it's just like a hyper-detailed robotic illustration. Not like super finessed, but like there's really accurate data represented there. I hope so. Um, That's what I think would happen. If you agree with that characterization of your character, do you think that Spark's capable of that kind of stuff? I don't have the highest intelligence, but I I do see that like the programming, yeah, makes sense that uh, I I would have precise, and it would just... It just kind of clicks. Man, maybe it's latent in you. It's not something you're deliberately doing, but like the quality yeah. of your penmanship mm, is just yeah. kind of right. exact. You know, I like that. Yeah, okay. awesome, cool. So yeah, I'm doing that, and um, just turn to you all as you're all waking up. They've been uh looking at us for a while now. Oh, you know what? I got the time wrong. Then if you guys are long resting. That's right? an important detail. Yeah. So yeah. it would. I I have a note about this too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So it was the afternoon. You guys long rested. Now it's the night. Oh, nighttime. So there is okay. another way to identify that you are in the right place. And let's just add one last detail, Bart. As you stir, finally you look up and you see stars. Mm, nice. The rook. You look around, and you're familiar with the constellations. There's 12 uh, in the Kasurian Zodiac that are prominent. And you follow them, and you find next to one, there's a shepherd's crook. And you look up, and it's a little angled, but it lies right now from where you're standing directly behind the tree. Hmm. And we can still see the maybe the glowing eyes of the amphibian folks from across the river, yeah? Yeah, I think you'd see, like, gathered in, like, uh, not torchlight, but um, some torchlight, maybe, in some areas, actually, but uh, gathered uh, among glowing petals of flowers. Amphibians looking across at you like and and you probably noticed while you were long resting is what i would you know you know they're watching you and they're not crossing the river interesting so so it's not like they're like 
it's not like an exodus out of Bulabador. They're, they're really just kind of their purpose there is to observe us. It feels like. Yeah, at least some of them. It, it seems like a great number of people are kind of gawking at you. Okay. How far away are they? The river is reasonably wide, so, I mean, and then there's the structures beyond, so I'd say several hundred feet at the closest, but, you know, like, when you make eye contact with one for a second, it's, like, in a tree relatively close to you, it gets really nervous, and it runs away. Yeah, I mean, kind of what I was going for is, can we get a sense of their mood like are they afraid of us are they curious definitely like you come to the conclusion after seeing one run that they're definitely afraid of you right now as they absolutely should be (laughs) (laughs) Bart will kind of walk up stand next to Spark rubbing his hands together and be like do you ever get cold Spark can you get cold what's cold yeah, never mind. It's kind of complicated. Mm. I like then, hold up my hands and look at them. Uh, after, later, when we have more time, I'll try to describe <laughs> the feeling to you. Cars, cars approaches up from behind and kind of pops a squat right next to Spark to look at what he's been working on and uh, and asks out loud. It's quite detailed you're working on over there. Is it? Uh, what? What is it? Oh, I. I figured I would make a map of the world while, while I'm out in it, you know. And the, and then cars can see it's clearly like a hyper detailed like Bulabador, like kind of our progress yep. and from what like you can observe. Combined so far. with their knowledge of the underground structures too. Yeah. And there's you like, see on yeah. there, there's some branching passageways that you kind of recognize, and then some next to it that you don't recognize at all. Yeah, I don't quite remember everything. You've, you've, your memory is nonetheless uh, impressive, Spark. Uh, I feel like your work would be uh, greatly appreciated by some of the cartographers and and uh, friends in Schloss Gletscher, so hmm. uh, keep it up. It's, it well, could be of use to us in the future. I'll have to add that to the map. Where is it? <laughs> Cars kind of looks up. I don't think Cars' knowledge of... Uh, of the stars is as accurate as Bart, so I think you can kind of look up. He kind of squints at the stars and uh, kind of <laughs> have, like half-heartedly points in a direction. To, um, mm-hmm. A few day, few days ride um that direction. Yes. And Bart, Whoa. you you can tell that he's like almost right. It's like yeah. it's close. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really northeast, I believe. Oh, but, but, right, certainly. And then so, car, yeah. car slightly, slightly adjusts. His <laughs> slightly adjusted, further away. Yeah. Further <laughs> but you were like, cars like thinks to himself. I wasn't that far off. That's pretty. That's pretty close. <laughs> that was basically northeast. Was basically, come on. <laughs> it was like northeast by east, but you know, whatever. I like tilt my head and like look at you curiously. I'm like, hmm. And then I like double tap the map, and uh, the image shrinks into it. And I uh, draw a circle around it and like put it in a corner. <laughs> and then I draw a new circle, and I double tap it, and then I write like. I, I asked Karselek to start to describe Slush Glacier a little bit, and then, but we don't need to do this. Okay, all. and, it's yeah, just and like, off camera, Karselek describes Slush Glacier and the geography. A placeholder, just like basically, yeah. Spark just writes Slush sure. Glacier and then Glacier. circles it, and we move on. And there's, uh, I'll say, I'll add just a reminder that uh, Slush Glacier is the capital of 
uh, Glesherbury or Glesherboro, depending on who you ask, um, which is a county within the Rimberig Confederation of basically it's like confederation of city-states, nations, tribes, all sorts of groups. Um, so you you probably, as you begin to describe things to Spark, encounter that you, if you hint at, and this road goes to blah blah blah, Spark might ask like, and Spark where's gets, that? Yeah, begins and, to <laughs> the eyes begin to widen and widen more as yeah. they realize that there's so much world. And then they just yeah. stop because this is obviously a futile effort to do anything more than what is immediately around us. Like, oh. wow. Okay, that's... Whew, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the world with you, like you said. <laughs> so, uh, what does it look like when Spark's eyes widen? Like this robot. Um, I think... Um, well, I am wearing my goggles right now because it's the nighttime, but I think mm-hmm. I have, like, brass discs that kind of, like, uh, circle around a bit and then, like, kind of lenses in the center, like like mm. the pupil kind of parts of it like widen like a camera lens opening up yeah average perfect yeah like perfect the, way the, to the james yeah. bond intro love yeah it. like that is what i imagine okay i was just curious oh. <laughs> pretty cool bart will look over to crow and keeping his hands like together for warmth be like bro are you ready and when you see Crow, she's just like completely all business, like packing her stuff as hurriedly as she can. And she just looks up and says, there's no point in waiting. Let's go. Yes, I feel that we are very close. And Bart's going to grab his stuff, start strapping it on next to Crow. Uh, give a little side eye over to Crow again and then just kind of whisper to you just like remember I know you do but what I've said before about Molly and myself I know you know but it feels like we're close so I remember I'll I'll be sure that I make the, the right decision I think Bart at this point would stick out his hand and be like just waiting for you to grab it. Uh, yeah, Crow takes your hand and like looks you in the eye, and you know there's no like excitement or happiness. It's like there's a a bit of dread there, but she shakes your hand. I'll kind of grimace, smile at you a little bit, looking sad, and be <laughs> like, "It's it's been nice getting to know you, Crow. I know we've had our." differences in the past and this is not exactly how I would have liked it to happen but just thought I'd say that well don't make your goodbyes quite yet we, we might need you nah, I'm, I'm not going anywhere don't worry don't worry and we see this scene framed in by this great gnarled tree up the mountainside you guys begin your trek. One order of business before we go any farther. I know some people took some permanent HP damage last session. Remind me who that was. Was it Jesse? I sure did. 
Oh, okay, it was Spark. Yeah, I took 10 points. 10 points of permanent HP damage. Okay, mm -hmm. so just to make sure, that's still there. Yep. Okay. I still, yeah, have a reduced HP max. Now, what caused you... that? Uh, was that like the, the weird bison creature that loomed up out of the mm -hmm. river? Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The long neck bison creature. With its horrible <laughs> gaze. And that, uh, that was <laughs> Let's not with a human a humanish head. Stop it. Um, okay. <laughs> Alright. So when it looked at you, you know, you something like fucked up in your internal programming and you just feel like while maybe your hand servos are working still great. There are other parts of your system that are not functioning properly. Oh no, your butt servos. <laughs> your butt servos are not working at all. No. They're malfunctioning. Uh, I can no, no but... longer excrement. <laughs> <laughs> but you are for real though, you're like you're okay, feeling yeah. feeling a bit gummed up. Debilitated. Uh, yeah. A little gummed up. Yo, Bart, I'm backing up. Um, like, but you, but you, you don't. It's coming you don't, out of my joints. You don't eat. I don't understand. How can you? How can you need to? What do you? What do you need to let out if you don't Got bring anything in? I'm just as confused. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be outside. That's, That's the solution. Maybe, maybe Interesting point. Do you rust? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm. I, I think I'm pretty old. So not yet. I mean, I don't. I also don't like look super clean. I am like pretty gummed up, but like I do look like I could be buffed up and clean. But there's like still like yeah. patches of fungus I imagine growing on me in some places. Yeah, and... you're noticing that that's a problem. You think perhaps you could repair it in some way hmm. uh, if you made an attempt. Um, do I? know how long that might take or what I would need to try to uh, do that? I think that you realize that there are probably a few ways that you could do it. One might take some time uh, and some good luck and it might clear up on its own. Another uh, might also might get worse. Mm -hmm. um, another way um, it could be maybe magically mended. Uh, another way, maybe you could have someone intervene and do something to you medical mechanically to diagnose your problem and fix it. Those are the three options that come to mind. Hmm. Or you can just leave it. Yeah, take, I feel like part of Spark off. is like wanting to not worry about it right now That's and fine. just continue onwards. But Absolutely. like knowing that there's something weird going on and to pay attention to see if it gets worse. Yeah. Um, I think I just turn to the others and I think maybe maybe that freaky yak is haunting me still or something. <laughs> I don't know, but. Haunted robot let, let, maybe, alert. Maybe I can just leave it alone. You know, we can we can just leave it behind us. We got more important fish to fry. Yeah, it's not impeding your movement at all. It's not really causing you any pain. It's just like a damaged component that is not healing. Yeah, I technically can't feel any better. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> 
Okay. So what's the verdict here, folks? Because I just wanted I wanted to get that out in the air yeah. before we continued forward. I'm down to continue forward. Um, I'm not sure if we're heading up the tree right now or. But yeah. um, I'm down to. Let's do that. I mean, I do have the mending cantrip, so I could try to mend you. I think. Mm. I don't know if that would actually work. I'll give it a go as we go up. You kind of make that statement about. Oh, I have mending too. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> think of that. <laughs> So what does this scene look like then? As you guys are you do it though, <laughs> if, <laughs> if you would like. Sure. And then Bart like, is like, oh my, if the, the gunk, let me take a look at it really quick. Oh. And, hmm. Thank, okay, thanks. And I just yeah. uh, stop and watch you. What does it look like as Bart attempts? Maybe you guys t- take a break by a boulder that looks like it was at one point carved to resemble a bulbous inflated frog. Um, so if if it looks kind of like he has like little like plant lichen like gunk growing in his, it's kind of like it's goopy. It's like m- slimy, slimy goop. Okay, yeah. well I'll take out a, I'll take out a couple these two small stones from his pack and like strike them against each other mm. to make like this little black smoky flame and start burning away the gunk around okay. there, repairing the area. Very cool. Wow. You uh you burn away the gunk for a while and you clear one of the joints completely. You feel like if you just take a little bit more time doing this, and, you know, Spark moves the joint back and forth, no Ooh. more seems to appear. That's uh, good. And you feel like this will work. Holy smokes. All, all right, Jin Man, uh, give me the next joint. Wait, wait, wait. I think, I think, <laughs> I think I know how to do that too. And I pull out two stones. <laughs> and I spark them over uh, one of my knees and I say, maybe you can get my shoulder. <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> and we see a, a lovely scene a little of mending the druid <laughs> and the robot collaborating to fix the uh, mechanical workings, uh, calling on some elemental magic to, to burn away. I didn't. Some, I didn't know these stones badness. could do that. It's, it's actually what they're for, as a matter of fact. I was carrying them around the whole time. I, I, I knew it was for something. <laughs> Thanks. Feel so much better. Yeah, it's just an example of things that you'll learn out there in the big world, you know. Now, come on, let's keep moving. Okay. I wiggle all my joints ahead. their maximum amount. Their maximized. The, the full everything, like my oh full my extension of. You have all. solved uh, one of the three ways of solving my uh, goop puzzle. <laughs> wow. Degooped. Uh, Thank you. Mending was, uh, I, I thought you guys might have had mending. I was like, this will be easy for them. I had totally uh, forgotten about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it makes sense that I would forget about it. The the whole thing, I'll just reveal, it would have been a disease for uh, a non uh, for, for a biological uh, thing. But yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, okay. Very cool. That's fun, though. Cool. Um, does that mean my HP max is restored? Your HP max is restored, but that does not mean that your current HP goes up. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That's nice. Yeah. Okay, I feel better, but I also feel kind of worse. <laughs> it's weird. It's like if I feel better on the whole. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. But if you look I at it fractionally, like you're worse. <laughs> like percentage-wise, you're worse. Anyways. Uh, okay, so... You guys walk up the hill, right? You guys are going towards the tree, eh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ready for a new map? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we go. 
Act three is really happening. Here we go. Wow. Well, boom. <coughs> Can you see it? <coughs> oh. But um, bum, but um. Oh boy. <laughs> oh shit. Ooh, okay. I just got what chills. What's going on here? I don't know Let's why. Here. Wibble, wibble, wibble. Okay. You guys make your way up this hill, and you leave behind the peering gazes of the Bullywugs, knowing where you are, refusing to come to you. You pass by a couple more boulders that seem like they are weathered from the touch of many pilgrims, and you notice that you've been kind of sticking to a little bit of a path, but you eventually link up with a path that looks much, much more well-worn. The stones are flat, and you can see, you know, the, the telltale signs of pilgrimages being made over and over. This is a holy place. You continue to stride up the steps, and eventually the trees begin to thin. You come to a clearing, and in the middle of this clearing, Atop a small rise is the tree. There's a hole in the tree where this path leads to. And from it, a hazy fog emanates. Around it are several ceramic jars and bowls with oil burning in guttering flames a couple of torches and you even see a stick of incense burning large one but that means there must have been someone here the first thing that you notice underneath this incense smell is a putrid rotting stench that makes your stomachs turn the air here is just as thick and oppressive as it was the first day you fell into the dungeon below. What do you do? Oh, man. Um, is our party situated on the... Looking at this map, is our party situated within distance of the map, or...? Yeah, you guys are... You're just, like, within a couple hundred feet of the tree, and okay. you're at the edge of the clearing. This is the tree in the middle of the map. You can... Okay, so we can see everything that's... You can see everything that's here, and you're facing it. Like, you're on the south side of this map here. Okay, groovy. Cars just kind of puts his face in the crook of his elbow and just bemoans, like, Oh, this... This bench was it... No amount of fine sense could cover this. Is, is it coming from the tree? The smoke does look like it's coming from the hole in the base of the tree. Um, Ben, with the incense, mm -hmm. how burnt is the incense? I mean, it's hard to tell how tall this thing was, but it's like a couple of feet tall, this big stick of incense. Like, you know, Buddhist temple incense, which is like that sure, huge, sure. huge stick. They light it maybe at the beginning of the day. It's going to burn like most of the day. Um, mm -hmm. and there's ashes and piles around. In fact, the entire area around the hole in the tree looks like it has been kind of blackened. Sorry, I missed that part before. I think just stay low and 
slow. Maybe split into groups of two, but just don't go too far apart and try to make our way to the hole and see what's making all that smoke. Oh, I guess one group of three if is what's her face still with us or did we let her go no you let her go you let, let Oma go. go and she thanked you right right right, right, right. and gave us a bag of holding too gave you yeah. a bag of holding oh, yeah lent, lent us a bag of holding. Yeah, yeah yeah she lent it to you <laughs> i ain't giving it back and she uh, said you guys were gonna need it more than her i'm pretty sure um is there you mentioned this terrible rotting smell can we try to like figure out what the source is it seems like it's the fog. But I mean, like, like, what does it smell like? Is it like a rotting corpse? Is it like a acrid like burning? Rotting fruit and veg and meat, like compost okay. pile. Like an improperly formed compost pile with meat in it. Yeah, improperly formed compost pile uh, that got wet over the weekend. And now there's like insect activity that's trying to catch up. But the aroma is just awful. Mm. Okay, that helps. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The tree, by the way, is uh, mostly uh, covered. Like the the base of this place is covered in like vines and foliage and bushes and lichen and moss and all that kind of stuff. There's fungus growing, but as it goes up, the the branches of this tree are super gnarled, and there's barely any leaves. Not no leaves, but barely any leaves on it. it still seems like it's a lot. I imagine. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. And how tall is this tree? This tree's well over a hundred feet tall. You don't it's know a exactly. Friggin' big it's, tree. Okay. It's bit. You know, I'm thinking redwood sized. Um, okay. As, as, but then like branching like a willow tree, minus oh, the yeah. leaves. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Got it. Awesome. Um, I imagine. Am I somewhat familiar with what this tree should be like? Um, you are not super familiar with what this tree should be like. You are familiar with the facilities in the place that you worked. Um, okay. Yeah. And I, remember, I, I think you were familiar with the lens and that mm-hmm. this is the location that yeah. lends its power to it. That is about yeah. the extent of your knowledge on it. Cool. So this map, this tree is just on my map. I turn yeah, to the others a, yeah. with their scrunched up noses and I'm like, I just, I can't smell. Is it bad? <laughs> it looks bad. Spark keeps us grounded in, in <laughs> the, the fiction in an interesting way. I love it. It's bad, Spark. It looks so bad. Count yourself lucky. Oh, Is, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, cars would just be like, yeah, you, you go first. Cars is going to just start to push things but yeah what you got <laughs> uh bart just wants to know whether it looks like a natural tree or not up this close natural um can i give you i, I bart would like to like stoop over a root if there's a root near him take his sickle out and give it a little slit and like see what the sap looks like sure okay yeah the, the branches uh of this thing are wide ranging and so are the roots it's like that stereotypical you know the roots mirror the uh the branches above kind of mm-hmm. uh, willow tree kind of thing or oak tree almost so um you cut a, a branch or sorry i keep saying the wrong word you cut a root open 
and it seems like at first there's just normal sap and it flows very slowly but then it starts to develop this reddish pigment around where you cut it how long do you you guys want to wait here and watch this tree wound you know a couple of minutes go by and it's changed to be this reddish color Something strange, magic. I was considering speaking to this tree, but now I don't know. Perhaps you already are. It could be dangerous, judging from whatever that is. With no sign of Molly, no sign of survivors, no sign of anyone. I, I, I'd like to think Oma wasn't misleading us, but should be careful, but I, the idea, maybe if we were to approach from the southwest and the southeast, we could at least keep eyes open and catch anyone who might be concealing themselves. All right. That sounds good. Um, groups of two, then. All right. Talk to me about groups here. I love it. We're moving oh, along. Oh, this is happening. Split the party. Always <laughs> split the party. We're going to get that on shirts. We should all be alone, right? Or different. from the northeast, west, and You guys want to come that from all four sides of the tree? I will make that happen. That seems wrong. Switch around. Here, here's Bart. <laughs> I was, Wait, I'll put trees on there. I'm down for whatever, gang. <laughs> I was all for Bart's idea to split the team, but then I had to disagree when he said the teams had to stay close together. I was like, nah, man, make sense. No, no, no. Way apart. I was trying to split the team, but in a way that made some logical sense, at least at the same time, you know? You don't like my arrangement here? Are you guys at all four corners of the map? Are we approaching from the south, generally? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah, the south is where you're aligned to. Okay, so um, like, should we be down here, basically? Yeah, be, be where you would like to be on the map. If you would like to be, like, my imagining here is that this, you guys, this is the entrance, right? You can see there's, like, stone pathway underneath the fog and the smoke, and there's, like, some ruins around the okay. entrance. Uh, and the stone pathway extends for several hundred feet to the south, and you guys were walking up it, so you can tell me which I'll direction be, you approach. I'll from. be on this side with cars left. Okay, the right side of the path. And southeast. Crow and Spark. Yeah, let's pair off. Sorcerer gang. Sorcerer gang. So you guys on the left. I'm kind of keeping an eye, if I can, to see if Cars attacks Bart again. Just because (laughs) you never know. We got the shorties on the the right and the sorcerers on the left. That's great. (laughs) You know what they say about your enemies, right? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy so alright you guys you break off and you're like it's happening whatever happens it happens so here you are broken off into two groups looking at this hole in the tree as you're approaching you see the, the fog kind of shift a little bit and for a second it's almost like you see a figure standing in it 
and it looks in your direction for a second and it moves back inside the hole. It's about human sized. I'm gonna quietly take out my shield and hold it in front of me. What are we doing here again? I say to Crow. We're walking towards that. And right, okay, no, you, it was Bart's daughter's here. Okay, I hope so. All right, just, sh- should we should we go towards it then? A crow will like. I mean, the spark sounds like they're a little afraid. I think Crow just puts her hand on Spark's shoulder and says, We're going to be fine. Uh, you can't control fate. Let's just accept it and move forward. Hmm. Yeah. And, and she, I guess she'll take the lead then. She'll kind of walk in front of Spark. Okay. So on the left side, we have Crow walking in front of Spark, maybe a little bit slower, following behind Bart and Karzalek. How are you guys doing over there on that flank? I Did think you see that, Gars? Car squinting his eyes. Uh, I, I think so, but I could have just been between the darkness and the smoke. I think it might have just been a trick of the eyes. I would have been. Cars is gonna kind of make a motion to like lead on ahead, and but he'll kind of stop and also kind of look at Bart for a hot second. And Bart, there's a I feel like we're we're not gonna have much time to go into depth on this little adventure we've had so far, but uh, let, let me take point and well, I feel that I, the, the grasp of whatever had consumed me is lessened. I, I'd like to think that nothing more should come out of it. I, something still lurks. I feel deep inside, but just I'll, I'll lead and if, if for some reason I should act abnormal, then I, I just trust you to do what what is needed. Uh, on that note, uh, refresh my memory. Did you guys you you do a dispel curse on, on Karzalek? They did, but then he Which, reattuned. Right, to but it. didn't Tree, you guys do trees that did. once? Right, trees did it once. Yeah. Yeah. And now now you can't. Is that the situation? Yeah, Correct. trees cool. took remove curse as a extra okay. fancy bard spell. So there you go. And then, there you go. So and I just wanted to be an update right on the situation. We so, reattuned to it. Yeah, and, it's perfect. Yeah, and like player player talk, cars actually can't go berserk because it only triggers when it's in his possession. Yes, but he, that's he still, he still has about. the curse that has a disadvantage. So he still feels he still feels like uh, where's that right? axe? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's down in that room in Bullywug Hell. Yeah, um, not, it's still not that far. We could go back and get it. We could go um, back. Wait, maybe you're already making is, secret yeah. plans to go back and get the axe, and you'll get Dap, and everything's going to be fine. And you're going to come back, and everyone's they all see. And then you're like, whoa, that was a crazy thought. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's it. Just like, hey, I if, I, if I act a little funny, just like, just plant a sickle in the back of my head already, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I, didn't to, I didn't try to do that to you already. <laughs> so I don't want to belabor this any longer. We have yeah. had our time. You're at this tree. You walk up to the entrance and the two parties converge at roughly the same time. You see that 
the door ahead of you is what you thought that hole was. There's a door. It seems like it is large and made of stone and mostly shut by roots growing over it. But it is also, because of the virtue of the tree, remained open wide enough for humanoids such as yourself to enter. The stonework behind it seems impressive, and you're reminded of how little of the museum or temple poked out of the top of its mound of earth, and how the bullywugs seemed like they were clearing away the earth, trying to reveal more. What could this structure have been? And what is hiding beneath? What is the purpose of this tree, if it has one? So there's this open stone gap. Can you guys go in? Absolutely. I think the question oh. is, who goes in first? Sure, who goes in first? Let's do that. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy to pitch cars unless someone else really wants to go in. I think Bart will stop cars as cars start to go in and kind of give you a side-eyed look and be like, don't worry about all that cursed stuff, cars. You know, we'll get you the help that you need eventually. I've got this. And then Bart is going to go through the door. I think Crow, Crow will quietly kind of in an, in an explanatory voice to Spark, just quietly say, um, just so you know, Bart is expendable. We have to save his daughter. <laughs> like Dap. Well, yes, like Dap. <laughs> okay. Wow. Got it. <laughs> it's what he wanted. Okay. I, I like give you like if a if a robot could give a somber nod. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we uh, see Karzalek hear this and you guys all enter together now. In the order it seems Bart, who follows Bart. Crow? Yeah, I'll I'll follow Bart. Who's behind Crow? Maybe just the two of you. Yeah, I, I'll be like right behind her. And, okay. and basically, like, pulling cars yeah. in. It's a wide enough passage as soon as you enter that you don't have to walk single file. So I'll just use that order. And we're going to move for the second time tonight to a new map. Ooh, a lot. Map hopping. This is going to be fun. This thing um, right now. Table talk. Uh, we did hear it referred to as the Tree of Dreams before, right? So oh, shit. I'm expecting, right. you know, some kind of mental yeah. assault here so I'm like yes. oh like when uh when luke skywalker went into the tree during master yoda's oh, uh training and i don't know what that is i'm not a huge nerd like you so oh man <laughs> <laughs> you know what holy right. shit god damn we're getting there me too i'm also getting there now which movie was that from? like which one in the series no that was empire a- strikes back i think yeah, I'm like, oh, like, yeah, 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 I remember yeah, that. Through the tree, you must. And Luke's like, whoa, and then, and then he got tripped down out. there. He's like, Yoda yeah. betrayed me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of expecting, like, like we all see our own fears or something going, coming out. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. 
That'd be wild. I don't know if anybody else sees the moon and I believe it's Jupiter and Venus right now. They're all li they're all lined up really nice. I see. Yeah, it's just like I right out my window. I see just city light pollution. That's all I ever It's oh, it's sorry. still 450 over here and bright as shit. <laughs> yeah, well, then it's just the the, the moon for you, Jesse. Oh, it's, oh, damn! That's a bright ass moon. <laughs> it's not. Okay, it's, it's, not. it's gonna be it's a little jank at places, but I'm almost done. It's just gonna be a little jank. Yeah. Ben, even your jankiness is excellent. Man. <laughs> jankiness know. is stankiness. I expect wow. only perfection, and your I'm going jank to jank is dank. Wow. My jank is dank. Oh, guys. Jank, jank. Jank, stanky, jank. Grandma's stanky dankness was actually last week. Party enters the ruinous door underneath this tree. Inside, after maybe 20 feet, the hallway opens into this wide foyer. In the foyer, more of these little offerings, incense, and it tapers at the end where there's a large stone door ajar. Inside, visible, are two statues on either side. And as you move forward past the stone door, you see on the right, one of them is, again, sort of this diorama of one of the great pyramids that used to stand in this city and it looks pretty intact, a little bit damaged. And on the left, another diorama that the stone itself has begun to mold into a distorted version, a caricature of what it once was sculpted to be. It looks chaotic and doesn't make any sense to your eye. It takes you a second to realize that that wasn't intentional, but you look at it and it looks like there's stone that has grown out of stone. More importantly though, down the hallway, cell after cell after cell filled with it appears to be the sleeping. You finally arrive at this entrance and you, you pass through. And the first thing you notice here is the smell is even worse. The air is thicker and even more oppressive, making it hard to breathe. In here, the lighting is very dim, coming from a flickering, eerie luminescence. Ultraviolet from each one of these cells. You can't help but feel a sense of dread as you make your way to the beginning of this hallway. 
it looks like a head. It will be walking through a graveyard, surrounded by perhaps the dead, maybe the dying, maybe the dreaming. The cold, lifeless, clinical atmosphere kind of makes your skin crawl a little bit. And you, you can't shake the feeling that you're being watched. I think a crow will reach forward to stop Bart from moving or moving too quickly. And she Wait. will, she'll kind of, you know, put the finger to her lips and she wants to very quietly sneak. I think she will go a little ahead to okay. take a, take a peek into one of these cells. Okay. Just the, Pick just one. the closest one. Um, she'll go down to the bottom here. Okay. You see inside this cell, it looks like a, a young dwarven woman. She's uh, still wearing her guard outfit, and she appears to be a guard from Schloss Glesher. Mm. Um, what is the cell? Like, what's the, the bars like? Or are there bars? There are no bars. Do you try to, like, do anything else? Or what do you... You're just looking at them? There's, they're, like, standing, kind of leaning, almost, back against the wall. Like, it's, it's slightly inclined. And there's these arches of stone. And behind them is this shining light, dimly, but shining from some sort of ineffable, inconceivable surface. And they're just leaning back on it and... You look at her, and her eyes roll across inside her eyelids. But she looks like she's asleep. She looks like she is asleep, but standing, and not in, like, T-pose, but in, like, you know, perfectly <laughs> standing. Okay, uh, she'll, a crow will quietly go back to the group. Okay. And she'll say people that were, were taken are here in these cells and they're asleep. I think I should try to find the one that has Molly in it. Aye. That seems like a good sign. People from home here could mean Molly's here. We should go. Quick. Move. But be quiet. Like you said, Crow. What does she look like again? Uh, small, maybe a little bit taller than me. Shock of red hair. Red hair. She's, she's she's missing one hand. Missing one hand. Okay. Um, and I begin to. Uh, I think slink Crow, down. A crow will make an attempt to like put a little distance ahead and be quiet. Sure. And, You're gonna scout you know. ahead. Go ahead yeah. and move yourself where you'd like to be. I'll I think tell you like, if you need to slow down. How about that far ahead? Great. And just peeking, you know, from side to side to get a look at the people. You're, you see there's a halfling and a human woman, and there's a a man. He's wearing the telltale anchors of Rinkobing. Uh, there's a dwarf who looks like from some far-off land, a dwarven man with a, a long beard. There's 
an old human man. There's a young woman with uh, prominent goat horns, uh, reminiscent of the shopkeeper who, uh, in Rinkobing, ran the uh, the faithful quartermasters of Lulz, from which your comrades mm-hmm. sourced items. There's really a pretty wide assortment of different types of humanoid creatures here mostly of the uh soft squishy fleshy variety you know we don't see any tortolans here we don't see any dragon kin we don't see any bullywugs we don't see any uh kenku you know you know what i'm saying like you see it's pink skins pink skins no, that's the way no robots it. no robots either you see pink skins here and but they have a variety of skin tones. But as a horrible person taught me, the best way is to no, oh, no, no, no. They're all pink underneath. <laughs> it's horrible. Even but, lizards? Uh, no, they're not. That's the thing. Uh, some yeah. lizards, maybe not pink underneath. Yeah. So as as we pass by these cells, we can look in and kind of clearly see what is like who occupies these cells just as we walk past them. Or okay, okay. Let's see. All right. Crow, I mean, press onward. Or... There's, we don't see any threats or traps or anything. This is just you a very spooky place. Any, you don't see any threats or traps. As Crow makes her way farther than any of you down the chamber, she does see something up ahead. There appears to be an intersection. And there's a statue standing over something wet and slick on the ground. Um, I don't like that sentence. A, a statue appears to be, to your surprise, of a human, but their face has been utterly destroyed, like defaced, if you will. Underneath them, you take a little bit uh, shorter than maybe you are comfortable with, and it sort of strikes you that it's a little sad or interesting that you came to this conclusion so quickly upon seeing this. But there is a geometric and celestial pattern drawn on the floor underneath this statue, and it's drawn in blood. And it's still wet. It looks wet. Growing from the feet of the statue are large red crystals as well. They're about two feet high. There's a passageway that goes to your right from there. And think if I see correctly here you also see that there's a pile of debris a barrel some rubbish and a leg sticking out from that pile oh good (laughs) is the Uh, leg like attached to the rest of the body or (laughs) it seems from this distance it's kind of hard to tell you're like 120 feet away but it seems like the leg goes into the pile okay but it's like a leg on a pile. Okay, that's good. Mm. Important info. Into pile. Yeah. Um, 
It's, uh, it looks kind of like Bart is just catching up to me. Like maybe Bart is <laughs> silently on the map catching up to you. That's what happens next, <laughs> that, you guys? That, that's fine. Oh. Does Crow want to keep? Do you want to keep pushing I, ahead, Zach, or should we? If, if, if Bart is if Bart is catching up to me, I think we'll just walk together. Okay. I, I think Bart would come up to you and ask you like what you see, knowing that thing. What's your head, Crow? All I see is the shells. There's a statue of a of a human some kind of awful ritual shape drawn in blood right beneath it that's still wet and beyond that some debris and the path forks forks off um, but I have no idea what, what we should do let's keep going Ours, like as he passes by and he sees someone clearly who, who could pass for a Schloss Fletcher resident in hushed mm-hmm. tones he kind of like pops in up to crow and think maybe we should st- stir one of these people and perhaps they have information perhaps they know what's going on and they could they could show us they know how the layout of this place and but you can clearly tell he's <laughs> i think you can hear yeah you can tell he has the motive of like i think he wants to help these people and yeah you know, i think i think crow will pick up on that and She'll say, let's not cause any disruption. We can't save everyone. We're just here to save Molly. If we help anybody else, that's great, but let's stay focused. Well, if we find Molly and she's okay and we can find a way out, then we'll come back. Respectfully, um, as your GM, I don't know if Karzalek is only here to save Molly. He has an assignment from the authority that rules this region and after successfully defending the bridge in the battle for Belgo watch was granted basically a field promotion and he had the most knowledge of the case so they put him on it yeah yeah so cars yeah uh, yeah so that's that's good that crow picks up like his cars is no doubt projecting that in the sense that he yeah. he's clearly invested in like if if we if we can help them Sure. If we try to wake them up and they just like explode, all right. <laughs> they explode and you all die. And that's the yeah. end of okay. the Okay. No, I think I think Cars kind of he, he can jive with like what mission is. We get Molly and I think Cars has said if we can get Molly and get her on the way out of here, then he if no one else, he'll take it upon himself. He to can try, take it from there. Yeah. Try to get the rest of these people out. So, Got all it. Right, cool. And, and and Crow will even say like if there's if there's anyone here that was able to get a good idea of what's going on it's it's her let's find her first all right lead the way crow i cannot see this statue or pathway you talk about so i'll be right behind you okay yeah i think um crow will just walk right in front of Bart then both both trying to be quiet and stealthy okay go for it walk away i'm seeing uh uh, Jesse's encouragement to go pull on someone's leg. Go I pull the leg. Oh, the leg in the pile, right? I found a leg. Why don't you go lay down <laughs> in the middle of the altar and see what happens? Just, I'm just pitching There's ideas like a as the bloody pentagram on the ground. Just a bloody pentagram on the ground. Why don't you just lay in it? I mean, if we anyway. go there, we, I might just give Bart a little shove to. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Um, now, yeah. hey, now is the time. Use the gas. 
knock him out. Boom. In the altar, you you uh, can uh, summon a demon lord. Summon a demon lord and be like, I'm ready. Take me so, now. Uh, so it is knock gas you're confirming. I didn't know what it did. Um, <laughs> I mean, knock him out with that. Go for it. Try it. See, see hey, how it works. Enough of you. <laughs> um, I think we're going to proceed forward. Uh, I think I think Bart can be quiet, and um, maybe we put like thirty feet ahead of the rest of the group, mm-hmm. and uh, get to where like Bart can finally see what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. You see that there is uh, a stairway going down uh, to your right, and an archway of stylized uh, vines as well as some real vines and strange mushrooms growing off of it. This place is ruined, but you take it in as you scan ahead and you move another, you know, few seconds down the hallway. This is all unfolding in a, in a very short period of time, and yeah. we're, we're taking our time as players with it. The human statue is not the first thing or the last thing that you notice about the way this place is built. It just looks different. I think Crow could see past the debris pile at this point, too. So. Yeah, uh, past the debris pile is another statue that looks like it's some sort of diorama of some sort of pyramid or something. I think as uh, uh, Spark and Cars are advancing uh, a good couple feet behind the others, I think Spark turns to Cars and is like uh, looking around at the, uh, the people in these glowing cells uh, is like, we could, I mean, if we wake some up, we could pick up some more expendable crew members, you know? <laughs> Spark can clearly see a wince on Cars' face, like a very painful uh, wince. Jesus, Spark, come on. <laughs> yeah. the room. There's so Jeez. many. They're not expendable. Cars too, trying to keep his voice down. They're, they're not expendable, sorry. Spark. They're, imagine. I'm new to friends. I'm sorry. Imagine if. Imagine if they're in your position. Mm-hmm. They were, they were still trapped in, in a dark, in a dark, <laughs> dank place. That's where I've been for a long time. That's where he wants to be. That's where he wants to be. They don't see the world too. Be this, this is my happy place. They don't want to be here. <laughs> for them, it's a living hell. So, uh, if we find, when we find Molly, and we find a way out of here, we're we're taking these people with us. Okay. I just. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, if we could get some help from one of these big, strong guys or something, that might be nice. But uh, we'll, we'll save them all. That's the point. I, I get it. I'm on the same on the same page. I'm, and, and not leaving anyone behind. Okay. Right. I get I, I get the sense that Sparks' conviction is whatever the last person told him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so gathering new, new information. Yeah, yeah it's just really. a lot of new information. I know. Hard to make really nuanced judgment yeah. calls. Yeah. Very fun. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. Do you want to move your token move. farther up, and and I can tell um, you more about what you see. You want you want to poke one of these captives? Do you want uh, <laughs> to craft some healing not, potions? They're not important. Um, I think okay. Crow Crow just wants to get up to this corner so she can look down the steps to see what she sees. Okay, you get to the corner. You look down the steps, so you can see now that there is a hallway that goes on and some pillars and a hallway that goes on and on. It's reminiscent of the Bulabadur stuff, but far grander uh, and more ornate. Uh, she'll you know, look back to Bart and say, this 
down there it goes on for a ways. I, I kind of want to see what's what's the other direction first. Mm-hmm. And uh, she'll give a wide berth to the blood sigil. Okay. <laughs> and um, kind of nervously approaching the uh, the debris pile, looking for signs of movement. The, the blood sigil that is actually, as you guys joked, a five-pointed star and uh, five moons. Um can I do a little little check on that? See if it like matches sure. the stuff we saw in the temple. Absolutely. Um, Why don't you do an Arcana check for me? Anyone who wants to uh, determine some information about this, or if you can argue that you want to learn something about it because you want to learn a history about the statue or whatever, you know, tell me, and we'll see how what works here. Do you have any knowledge skills you guys want to use? I think. Uh... Crow is thinking about it just purely in terms of will this do anything? Like, is there a magical trap that's going to harm us? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what she's okay, thinking about. Okay, so go ahead and roll Arcana on that. Okay. Good idea. Bro. Yeah, I think Bark is wondering about this sigil and what kind of magic. It definitely seems like it's magical. Kind yeah, of it's clearly magical. To, to the layman, so, it appears magical. Yeah, I would love to try to ascertain within my mind's depths about the arcane nature of it okay i think for so, for bart yeah. both of them are same roles for me like they're both intellect roles so it's mm. weird but, but mine would probably be more history because i'm trying to remember if it matches like me seeing okay. it before sure or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, i got a you. book or something like that it helps really me interpret the results the arcane yeah. stuffs you know 10 for yeah, michael 10 for spark for spark 21 so close to a 20. For crow. 21 for Crow. Busted out the yeah. control early. Yeah, yeah. Nice, and nice. 8 on a history for uh, Yield Che. So let's start from the bottom and go up. So you, Bart, have not seen this magic in person um, since you were a pretty young child. You encountered some stuff with your parents when you were on the road that looked like this stuff and they actually tried to keep you away from it but you peeked out of the wagon and you saw um, there were goats just sacrificed for no reason it probably hurt to see that because you knew that they didn't put them in a place to gracefully return them to the earth they didn't take only what was needed these were people that used blood and killed wantonly. Mm. Okay, some witchery, some black magic type of vibe going on here. Yeah, it does not look like you see the moon and the blood and the star, and it feels like a bad moon is rising. Michael, Spark, with a 10 on an arcana check. Yeah, Arcana. Arcana. You um, look at this and feel a similar kind of pain as when you saw the horrible oxen creature. Uh, It's it's defacing something that should be in a very specific arrangement and order. And you can't help but see superimposed a little bit underneath it there's a different pattern on the floor that looks like it is inlaid in tile. A beautiful unfolding lotus. Mm. So this blood thing 
this structure here was not purpose-built for this altar. This was added on top. Interesting. And then, Zach, Crow, with the 21 in Arcana. This is a sacrificial altar to some sort of god or some sort of powerful entity or cosmic force. You can't quite pinpoint what, but you can assume that this is the domain of the evil creatures you have been fighting against. Whatever power they have been drawing upon, why would this not be an altar to that power? It troubles you, though, when you see that it's a human form. Mm-hmm. Um, given her past, like, does it seem like, you know, um, it seems familiar as a ritual mm-hmm. drawing. Um, it seems like a blood tide kind of magic where the moon is, you can even see subtly drawing the blood from the center towards the moons and pooling in a sort of capillarity that only Mm. blood has Uh, and there's ridges and bumps in the blood that are not natural. You are familiar with black magic. In Aglanad, black magic is practiced much more openly than in a place like Rinkobing where you might be Mm. burned for being a witch. I I guess my, my question is, does it seem specifically familiar? Like... No, no, okay. I don't. I don't think so. I think that you gain a lot of information about what kind of magic is being used here. The crystals that seem like they're fed by blood almost look like evidence that this ritual has happened a good number of times here, and residue of magic has been building up from this and, practice. Yeah, and I guess given that her uh, questioning was more like utilitarian, just look like. It's something that's already happened, and there's no point in, like, disrupting it at this point. It's like there's an active, some sort of magic component that is in maybe a dormant state here, or a latent state. And by performing some sort of action, uh, something could happen at this altar. Okay. And it looks like, from your understanding of rituals, that something has happened a lot of times. Like, the crystals look, like, unrelated. They're a manifestation of, with your 21, a manifestation of this magic that has transpired here. People or, you know, entities are being sacrificed to power something. It seems like that. And it seems like there's a lot of power has gone through this area and left its transferable mark on it. Okay. I think, irregardless here, there's uh, nothing really I can do with this. Like, Oh, yeah. If you don't want to go bust up the shrine or yeah. something, and go nah. ahead. You know, keep moving on. I'm just, I'm putting out what the situation is and what yeah, you yeah. guys have. Go ahead and tell me what you do next. Um, yeah, uh, she wants to very cautiously approach the, the debris pile that obviously has at least one body in it. And I think okay. pure, she's fully expecting that body to jump out and it's Joby. Uh, um, 
but uh, yeah, she's kind of approaching very carefully to make sure she doesn't okay. wake anything up. Okay. You approach this pile of debris and you notice that there is, you know, the, the bent leg and the other leg protruding from the pile. You look over and there's an arm from another figure. Uh, there's a head up at the top of the pile sticking out. It looks like, thankfully, it's still attached to the torso, but the soul that occupied that cranium has departed from this world. Mm -hmm. They are dead. Um, I, I think I, she does like, want to look at the visible bodies to see if there's, you know, marks of them having been drained for this mm -hmm. blood ritual. Uh, they look like they've been pretty beat up. Like, there's wounds on them. They, It, it looks... They don't, I mean, yeah, and, and maybe even exsanguinated, too. Yeah, they're they're missing their blood, yeah. Um, there's also, you see next to the pale hand of a body, a crate emblazoned with a P. A P for a common brand throughout the fjord, uh, Prime Water. It's also the house that you guys walked by your first night in Rinkobing with the seahorses, sort of like gargoyles at the gate. And it was the Prime Water Manor. Um, <laughs> the, he was also the counselor in the meeting in Rinkobing that was voting in absentia through the inheritor of the Soulmore Manor. Right, the one that wasn't there. The one that wasn't there. The one who is also Marna's father. No good. You see a prime water pea on some cargo. Um, and it looks to you, you, it clicks. This is from the piracy in the fjord. These, this is, I mean, this is where the people have been being taken. Yeah, I think she'll pause for a minute and let people catch up. And uh, she'll point at, point out the Prime Water logo okay. and whisper, like, we found the missing cargo. It's, <laughs> it's all junk, no though. Idea what like, talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking no idea. But it's all junk here. It's like, you What's know, prime the, chests, water? the chests and the barrels are empty. But yeah, please answer that. Um, oh, this is this is horrific. This is uh, who could have done this? Well, probably whoever did that, pointing to the ritualistic thing on the ground, and probably whoever did all the things to everybody else, and, you know, they did attack the town, Karzalek. It's probably those same people. I would imagine. Hmm. And uh, Prime... Have you, have you seen anything like this during your time... Down underneath? No, not too much. Right? I believe I... Because uh, I've been in other places. So, just to make sure with the DM. No, I, I, I don't think that I, you've I seen have, any yeah. prime water cargo not whatsoever. Well. Or, yeah. or dead bodies using as exsanguinated to, you know, power rituals. I don't think you've seen yeah, that really this either. This is all new territory for me, yeah. literally, and... Yeah. Figuratively, I guess. But yeah. No, uh, this is all, uh, 
pretty freaky, man. Incredible to say just that everyone is on the same page. Like, these bodies are what powered that. And she points back at the sigil. I think without saying anything, she will look to make sure none of the bodies are halfling sized. But she there is one halfling sized body, but it's an old man. Okay. And Bart, you kind of recognize him. Maybe he's like an old farmer that you used to know. Oh, damn. You didn't even know he oh, was no. missing. Rip. Well, let's just let me take a look around the other side. Should we mess up the sigil while you're no, doing no, that? No, all it can do, it's what it's done has already happened. All okay. it might do is draw attention to us. And she uh, moves kind of to look around the other side of this pile. Okay, you move around. There's kind of like a pathway that looks like it's been well-worn by padded footprints. And you come into a room that is a bit strange to behold. Before you is a morass of goopy slime and organic detritus emerging in some piles little hillocks are some plants larger than you have ever seen except for that one night in Rinkobing. Mm -hmm. there's a pumpkin about 10 feet in diameter just standing up kind of rotted and caving in there are bushes that appear to be laden with berries so large that you couldn't wrap your arms around them and beyond i think you can see uh, mm -hmm. yep, there's l heads of, of lettuce that are the size of a man. There's, uh, flowers, you know, it's just this room, uh, lily pads and this soupy, goopy swamp. Like, this looks like this room has gone to shit. And I think at the very edge of her vision, she might be able to see what could be a yeah, gigantic Yeah, poke in a little bit. P poke in a little bit. And see, see it all the way. Yeah, it looks very familiar. Yeah, here. I I want I want you to see it. I think okay, you'd be yeah, able yeah. to see it from was, here. Oh, don't don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And yes, there is a ginormous bulbous ultraviolet artichoke. This one looks pretty screwed up, like more meaty in certain areas. And there's little nodules on it with yeah. pink day glow stuff inside them. It looks, I mean, just thinking out loud, it's like a further, more corrupted, further along whatever process caused that other artichoke to grow so big. Mm hmm. But uh, can so, I see what's past the artichoke? Like, does it keep uh, going? It actually seems like it's kind of at the back of the room. I'm just going to move uh, you down. It's, yeah, it's, that's fine. It's, uh, here you are. There's the back of the room. It's like a curved wall at the back. And this the artichoke dominates the back of the room. It is much larger than the one in Rinkobing. It is about 75 feet across. Jesus. Um, thinking about what Crow knows about... Um, I don't know how to phrase it. Basic chemistry? <laughs> Does this look flammable? Uh, yeah. 
maybe not like it would catch right away, but it's a pretty wet room. You gotta think, yeah, you, know? you, have, to, you like, have to work at it. You'd have to work at it, but it doesn't, you know, it's organic matter. And if you burn organic matter at a certain temperature, it usually, it does become combustible and you can burn it. She's thinking that's something good to bring smoke and fire to. Yeah, this room is pretty hazy, but it's like fog, not smoke. Is the smell any stronger in this room? This this is where the smell, the bodies, the distorted, rotting fruit and fungus. This is where the smell is coming from. This is it. Okay. Mm, this is the stanky dank place. This is the stanky dankness that has resulted from the horrible things transpiring in this place. So I think she'll take a moment just to look and make sure there's nothing hiding amongst the leaves. Um, okay. But then make her way back to the group. It's it's very quiet here, you guys. Like yeah. it's it's you. There's reverb. From when you move around, there's nothing else besides you. Yeah, she'll make her way back. And she'll tell them what she saw. She'll say, "Um, this is where that stench is coming from. It's enormous plants, just like we saw before. Pumpkins and a a massive twisted artichoke at the back of the room. Um, The kind of thing that might have taken a long, long time to grow. It could be a source of power in some way, in which case maybe this is where Romal said we should bring that smoke and fire and and destroy this. But that's that's the second part of our plan. Uh, we need to keep moving and look for Molly. She's not this way. Scoot, scoot, scoot. Okay. So we see you guys go back, back to the stairs. To the stairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um.
there's a hallway before you. There's some strange fungus, sort of of the ultraviolet hue that you're familiar with now, uh, against the sort of clinical teal walls of this place. Inside here, you can clearly see that the walls are this, like, you know, light, aqua, bluish, green, teal kind of color, and there's some detailing in that same pink in stone. Well, let's let's keep going. I guess I think Crow is like kind of visibly impatient, like anxious. Mm-hmm. Must and find like yeah. just, hur- just hurrying to the next place to peek around a corner. Okay, you know? so there'd so, be like this. Here. There you go. Okay, so you come across three things. <laughs> One, there's another diorama of some sort of set of buildings with more stony growths coming out of it. It looks like it's been somewhat corrupted, the stonework itself. Uh, there's some chipping as well. Two, a large mushroom grows out of the top of a ruined couch that has been dragged haphazardly into this hallway. There's a coffee table and a chair with ripped upholstery. Uh, and it looks like a skeleton sitting on the couch next to a relatively new-looking deck of cards. Beyond Ooh. that, you see more cells. These are a little different, though. They're behind a set of bars. Large metal bars fixed into the floor and the ceiling with a gate on one side beyond you see many forms in a hallway much like the other one you were in inside these cells their cells still glow but there are blood stains coating the floor there are manacles on the walls and every one that you can see inside the cells appear to be dead and emaciated um, so i think she will you know move down to where she could see further down this chamber of cells. And she probably can't really see who's in each cell, you know, from... from. No. I think she kind of panics at seeing dead figures, and she just uh, casts Misty Step to go beyond the bars. Awesome. Okay, go ahead. And she does that. And she, and she kind of hurriedly runs down the hall just making sure that none of these people are motley no it's um it's a few dwarves that uh bear the colors of bar buldar it's uh a, a few human men that wear uh the colors of some some ships that you recognize from the lighthouse it's you know there's a, a few people you recognize even uh from the, the kind of folks you would see around aglanad um you think, well, you haven't heard of anyone disappearing from back home, but that person's clearly dressed in the traditional garb of this one house. That and It's just its a little strange and off-putting for a second, but at the end of the hall, there's a lens. Much like the one that you saw on the barge, and much like the one you saw on top of the pyramid of Bolivadur. This one is shattered and completely destroyed. 
that's at the terminus of the hallway. Um, is that the end of the hallway? That is the end of this hallway. I think, you know, you all could just see Crow just running from cell to cell, you know, <laughs> expecting to see the worst. No Molly. Stage whisper from Bart for sure is like, Molly, there. And when she when she gets to the last cell, you'd see her kind of, you know, relax a little bit, like relieved. Because, you know, who cares about these people? And Bart. Go ahead. Uh, Bart is just going to turn around, kind of seeing you relax, and is going to turn around the corner and keep walking downward. But you go ahead. Okay. Yeah, she runs back, and assuming that there's no easy way through the gate. You, you try the gate. Yeah, like. I mean, she'll see if it actually opens at this point. Um, I'd love, love to try to help her. You, you try to help, so you see that the gate is locked from the outside, so that prisoners, maybe that woke up in here, uh, couldn't get out. And there's on the table next to the cards a ring of keys. It's locked. How did you get in there? Um, she's kind of stares at you and says, <laughs> says "Grab the keys." <laughs> Okay. <laughs> run and grab the keys and fumble through and there's an awkwardly long period of time where you're fumbling them. through yeah. the keys <laughs> one after another Crow's like, try like, this one? Crow's like tapping her this foot one? like come on yeah. come on, come on. <laughs> this one? worth the spell slot not worth the spell <laughs> slot worth the spell slot Bart go ahead Bart is going on though yeah Bart's going on go ahead Bart I love this Bart, this is how Bart, the story sh- Bart shuffling Bart, you know, Bart I think Bart this this time now that he's gone this far you know yeah. I think he's starting to kind of like every once in a while whisper like going like Molly, like when he comes up like upon a rock or something like Carl, that. And Carl will pers- kind of pursue a distance like whoa whoa hang on hang Molly. on Molly, Molly, <laughs> like be quiet I can't I can't hear myself. <laughs> it's too loud. It's really sad to me that Bart has like the worst vision in here. He's the one that needs to I see know. the most. I know Bart. Bart can't see shit. I keep looking at Control L at what Bart can see. I'm just oh. like poor Che. Like he can't so see blind. anything. Yeah. <laughs> Shape into something they can see. I don't know. Like, oh, don't go too far ahead. Then again, this has been your reality for the last week, so you should be fine. True. I'm used to it. So. You're used to it now. <laughs> Yeah, channeling your inner goblin living under a mountain. All right, so you're moving ahead. Uh, here's what you see. Uh, as behind you, your friends uh, get Crow out of the cell. Um, I swear I tried them all. <laughs> you find the right one. As Bart sees, there's a lot of broken masonry in the hallway up here. It, it matches the stonework that's like, uh, you know, all around you. It, it looks like it's been torn off the walls in some places and in some places it looks like it's been cleared out of the way or broken down there's like picks and um you know chisels and all sorts of things to break apart large stones sledgehammers uh you know wood and water even to swell up the joints in a bucket and beyond uh let's see how far you can see here jay um Yeah, just move on up. Move I'll on go up. to the You're, tools. Go to the tools. All right. There's another set of iron bars. These ones look ramshackle compared to the last ones. Uh, more bars. 
past some rubble. There's like a pickaxe and a sledgehammer. Bart, Bart be shuffling. As you look at the bars, you notice that to your left, or if you're facing the bars behind you, there's also a archway leading into an open chamber. Uh, and a hole in the far south of the wall in the chamber. It's a it's just a four-way intersection here. Um this is the gate, the door down here. That, huh? that is the gate indeed. Bart is gonna run over to it and like be scanning the area looking to see if there's keys or anything as he goes over to the door and is like, Molly. You don't have the keys, but somebody does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bart will try to open the gate in the meantime. It's locked. We come jingling up yeah. a minute later. Yeah, if we catch up. Okay, you, know, you catch up. Spark probably has a comically large key ring in, his, yeah. in their hand. Jingling the whole time. Okay, come on down, everybody. Okay. Come see what you can see. Ooh, I see a name tag on one of these. Maybe I should. Mm-hmm. I think I think Bart will have at this point wild shaped into a spider and crawled through and de wild. So you on the see, other side. as you guys all arrive on the scene, you see Bart has wild shaped into a spider, and you crawl ahead. Yeah, and I'm going to crawl through the bars basically, and then become Bart again. Become and Bart, just, and yeah, okay, Whoa. okay, Whoa. okay. As Whoa. you move on down the hallway. Oh. I, I see a name tag too. too. <laughs> oh, I think, I think Crow is Crow is barking at Spark like, "Hurry up! Find the damn key!" I'm trying. I'm and, and you're jangling and jangling, but Bart is the first one on the scene. You arrive. Hold on here. As you reach the end of this hallway and you make you've made your way through this whole facility, you look at a row of intact pods. It's Molly suspended in a cell like the others. Finally, there she is. But you notice in this area the the people, Molly included, their bodies are are contorted in a way that you know looks like someone in pain. But she's right there in front of you. What do you do? I think Bart will just run up to the the prison, the cell, whatever it looks like. Mm-hmm. What whatever is on is it like a glass thing on the front? So no one's interacted with it. It doesn't look like there's anything in front of them. They're leaning up against the wall, and there's like a undulating kind of uh, you know weird when you look at it surface of light behind them. It doesn't even look like stone. It's just like a surface of light behind them, and they're leaning ever so slightly back, just enough so that they are upright. Okay. In a I think, somewhat gentle repose, but for Molly, it doesn't look that gentle right now. I'm 
Bart, I think, is going to just be like, Molly! Molly! And seeing his daughter, like, obviously displaying pain, mm-hmm. he's just going to react like a dad and just, like, jump towards her and just try to grab her and okay. pull her out. And you do. Pull Molly Fudd out of the cell. You hold her in your arms. She's warm, breathing, alive. But she is asleep. Molly. And Wake does up. not stir. Wake up. Molly. At that moment. A woman walks down the hallway from the end of this chamber towards you. She seems to be made of some sort of illusory light. And she visibly smiles in your direction, Bart Fudd. She says to you, Congratulations! You've made it. You've dispatched the queen. Now you've found your daughter. You're really on a roll. You've come a long, long way to those pathetic flamekeepers the Koyars. Unfortunately, this run of yours, while impressive, is over. What? What did you do to Molly? Why won't she wake up? A crow can see all the way down the hallway. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, as soon as she, she kind of freezes for a bit when Bart obviously sees Molly, and then she can't wait for the key again. She uh, teleports through <laughs> once again. Um, <laughs> okay. just, just to get closer. So she, she, she comes up like one second later spark gets the key yeah if, if you don't have it already me. go ahead and take inspiration okay thank you um that's awesome yeah she, she, she can't wait there, there's no waiting around okay yeah. and you're inside and you see this woman standing there as well sort of composed of this iridescent light that you've become familiar with i get the key and i'm like and i turn to cars like i'm like come on Let's go open the door. I think cars can barely see what's going on up, up, like up there, and just seeing like clearly, like you know, we're not like stealth is not a highest priority. I think cars out of reflex is just like, oh, get get back, thinking there's immediately (laughs) danger. I think uh, Bart will turn. Bart will turn to Crow. He just kind of teleported there, and you see that he has like he's obviously just blubbering, and his nose is running. He's holding his daughter here, and he looks at you, and he's like, "Bro, she she won't wake up. She won't wake up. Why won't I, she wake up?" I think as soon as Crow hears that, she attacks this figure. Okay, so we see from Karzalek and Sparks' perspective, Bart holding Molly on the ground and blubbering. We see Crow look towards the distraught Bart and she leaps forward and strikes at this 
figure composed of light. Behind her, in our camera, we distinctly see the faces of Shannon Shiv Tucker and Awa Mori as well. Oh. Wow. Go ahead Damn. and roll me an attack, Zach. Yeah, give me one second. I'm going to see what mm -hmm. kind of attack I'm making. Because it could be yeah, just a moment. Oh, yeah, snap. <laughs> Here we go. And tell me, is heroism the same thing as inspiration? Or are, are, are we, inspiration. Are uh, no, inspiration is is Worse. fifth edition inspiration. You have to declare before you roll something if you're going like, to roll it with advantage. And you can only have one at a time. I hand it out much more frequently than I hand out marks of heroism. Okay, well, I have one of each, so I'm... Really like what's my what's my best you know option of using those yeah. you could use inspiration roll. to roll advantage on an attack that you otherwise wouldn't have advantage on and then if you don't like the result of that you could roll one more time with a mark of heroism or roll uh, on the damage if you feel like that's important you know yeah so i think as she charges forward and there's no uh finesse herself it's just a rage um she calls forth her blade of shadow, the shadow blade okay. spell. It's a bonus action. Okay. And um, it's already dim in the room, isn't it? It's dim light. Yep. Okay. So I don't even need to use anything to roll. Oh, I yes, can do it. Crow. Um, so yeah, she charges right up and strikes at her with it. Okay. You run up and artfully arcing through the air with a flying strike. Shah! Bring it down on her. I'm moving you up. And her form dissipates. <sighs> Rude. She appears Oof. behind Spark and begins to address you again. Very funny. You think I would endanger myself? While we have such amazing technology here at our disposal. And we do have some diligent work from the Bullywugs to thank for all of the trouble that they went through. But I must say, the blood rituals and the impatience, the raid on Ringobing, only serve to complicate our plan here. I hope- so What plan is that? Well, I hope that the good doctor can enlighten you to it. Say hello. If you would. I haven't seen him in too long. Farewell for now. And she zoops out of existence. And you hear a rumbling. There's something coming from the hallway filled with water and lily pads beyond. What do you do? Uh, Crow yells out, lock the gate. We need, we need a second to think. Uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> I, I dropped the key already. <laughs> oh, no. It's just put another one in the ring now. Attack <laughs> action. Get back there and start doing it again. That's the first thing that steps into view. <laughs> We're locking ourselves in, right? Yeah. 
But okay. You guys have the key, though. I mean, you don't yeah. have to do what Crow is saying. Like, she's kind of, you know, yeah. she's yeah. just reacting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or, uh, Spark has no idea what to do right now, so is very open to I suggestions. Think. <laughs> it's Bart. Bart will look to Crow and be like, help, help me carry her. We have to move. Get her out of the off the ground he's gonna be trying to like struggle to lift molly up Crow yeah, will definitely help uh i mean bart can also not see to the southwest so it's gonna be like is there is there a way out further in can we keep southwest going? no it's the or, end of the hallway yeah, i can't so, see like so. I, i'm gonna i'm just gonna move you over this so you can see like there you are that's you fair. can see that now there's, there's a big question. crystal and an intact lens mm-hmm, that's fair so i'm sure crow goes oh, it's like intact nope. Yeah, she shakes her head yeah. and says, and, and Curtis looks like she's overwhelmed. Like, there's too much information all at once. There's a lot okay. going on here. Um, oh, maybe we can get out before whatever that is shows up. We just have to be quick. Can you, any more of those teleporting bells, Crow? Can you move? Can you get Molly out? I, I can't take her with me. As this conversation is happening, you begin to hear as something is running and splashing through the chamber over here. You guys got seconds. Hopefully I find the last one and I can lock it and then step back and ready a... You fumble your keys, you find them, you lock it, and you ready an action to, upon seeing a hostile target, do something. Yeah... I would like to cast a cantrip at it. Okay. Anyone else? Final call for actions right now. Ours, he'll ready. He'll ready an action to take a swing with the uh, with the blaze ball and send a little. Oh, okay. Blaze ball. Nice. Through the bars, blaze ball bat attack. Okay. I think Crow then, is just concerned with helping Bart with Molly, and she takes a minute to kind of like for herself try to figure out what her condition is. Sure. Okay. I don't know if that's like seeing if she's under the, a spell or. Sure. Let's or roll what. a. Um, are you focusing on the. Is it magic or are you focusing on some sort of medical check to see if her status is okay? I mean, I think it's magical, so I'm focused on so the arcana. side of it. Yeah. Because uh, just given the weird light and that she's. Sure. That makes sense. Light. I just wanted to clarify. So yeah. go ahead and roll me arcana. Alrighty. It is a. A natural one gives me a three. You, um, <laughs> you look at her, and as Bart is sort of like holding on to her and sobbing, um, his body heaves one time, and her eyes, like th- her eyelids themselves, like fall open a little bit, and you see inside her eyes swirling that filament, a silver liquid. That's all you get. So kind of like the the animating force of Joby and the other things we've yes. seen, the doppelganger. I think Crow kind of tenses and looks to Bart and says, "Bart, Molly might be might be gone. No. I don't know. I don't know no. if that's Molly anymore." Crow, you keep that that thought. Out of your head. We're going to get Molly out of here. And Bart is going to start dragging Molly. Okay. You drag Molly down the chamber. 
Bart, any other final actions besides that? Uh, I mean... Before you could anticipate this, okay. whatever Actually, this is, arriving in the next you know, couple of seconds here. Bart, Bart is going to be like, oh, and then take his stick out, throw it on the ground, and be like, Apshoo, help me! And giant okay. snake, going to put Molly on the giant snake. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. A lot easier to move her that way than me trying to drag her. <laughs> sure. You summon a giant animal. Let me get Apsu. Well, I still think should have a, diff- a different name. <laughs> Change his name. I mean, that was the activation word for the stick that I got, so that's just his name currently. About, right, but there's, there's another creature. Abigail. Abby. Abigail. Abby. Abby. I like Abby. I like Abigail. 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 <laughs> All right, hold on. Bart throws down the staff and it becomes this snake. In its eyes, it it seems to understand your thoughts, Bart. You don't even need to give it a command. And it moves to pick up Molly. Okay. Thundering down the hallway as you guys make your preparations here. You frantically lock the door. You summon your snake. You attempt to aid each other to figure out what the hell is going on after that strange woman spoke to you. She looked human. You hear the thumping grow closer and splashing and thumping until a hulking form hurdles in front of the bars, was it the doorway here, the, the gate, and does that thing when it makes a turn and it skids with its momentum. <laughs> okay. And this colossal Batrachian monster blue frog creature that is ripped has sharp teeth like a shark and is standing at about eight feet tall while it's hunched over knuckle walking it roars and beats its chest at you guys one time opening its mouth with rows upon rows of teeth. And you see one last detail. Ripped about its body are the robes, it seems, of a scholar still hanging off its frame, whatever has happened to it. It roars and you fire off your spells. You ready your melee attack actions. And we'll just have to roll initiative next time. No. Oh, Lord. I want it now. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. Oh, shit. Wow. Say hello to the doctor for me. Hello, doctor. What's up, Doc? Wow. That's a big guy. That's a big boy. That's the incredible bulk. You did it. Surely he can't get through these bars. Surely he can't get through these... Flimsily constructed <laughs> bars. <laughs> I you, just looked over at Carson like, we're good. <laughs> you guys did it though. You found Molly. 
Woo! and Awa and Shiv. There they are. We oh, found yeah. the empty animated husk of mine. So, well, I'm not celebrating. Quite. 